0: Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banner Podcast, where birders talk birding. On this show, I have birders on, usually birders, sometimes other uh, people who are related to birding, but usually birders, and we talk about birding. Well, there's a new YouTube channel out called The Birders Show. Two birders, Chris Bell and Diego Calderon, the hosts on that show. It's professionally produced and really well done. I think you'll love it. Uh, It's sort of a video version of the Bird Banner Podcast. So if you like my show, you're going to love the Birders Show. Uh, Check it out on YouTube. And I'm really excited that I have on the show today as my guests, Chris Bell and Diego Calderon. Help me welcome Chris and Diego. Chris, Diego, welcome to the Bird Banner Podcast. Thanks for being my guest today. Oh, thanks for inviting us. Good morning. Yeah, totally cool. I heard about you guys. I told uh, Diego earlier, Chris, I heard about you guys from a guy named Vance Edwards from Butte County, California. He sent me an email from my website and said, Wow, I've been listening to this really cool YouTube uh, show called The Birders Show on uh, YouTube, and they don't have that many listeners yet. You should get a hold of them and have them on your podcast so more people like me hear about them. And I said, I could try to do that, that would work out. (laughs) So, so that was kind of cool. Uh, tell me, how did this uh, Burger show come about? It's really quite a nice product.
1: Well, I think I mean it started it started off as a kind of idea that came up during the the first stages of, of the lockdowns that we had here in Colombia, where uh, where next the company that produces the show were looking for ways that we could kind of. Be creative in a period when we weren't able to go out and film you know it was difficult to get outside of uh, outside of the city outside of uh our homes even to sure. create content and uh we'd worked with Diego a few years earlier on the film the birders the documentary about birding in Colombia and I've worked for the company for a while and I'm a birder and we kind of created this little niche birding uh, club within the office almost and we thought okay we have we have this great passion in, in the most birdie country in the world where we're based. So it's sort of thought, okay, what can we do with these connections and with this interest that we have and create something fun and interesting and also really professional, visually professional, because we're lucky enough to have this great uh, agency behind us with all these great videographers and sound sound experts and stuff. So yeah, it, it was kind of born out of that. Just right. Let's get people on. And, into, and it was also sort of inspired by the wave of, zoom live things that were happening during the early stages of of the pandemic you remember every other day on facebook there were people doing these zoom live meetings but we wanted to do something that we could post-produce that we could include images of the birds sounds of the birds uh, have a little bit more of that kind of top visual and audio quality uh, just as a change because those zoom interviews are great fun but they also rely on other people's wi-fi connections and 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 things like that, and it can go wrong, you know. Uh, whereas with this, we can put something really professional together. Yeah, and then we got Diego on board.
2: And you know what? One, one of the one of the cool cool things is that it also organically grew up from inside. We're next, the company that produces it, because when we when we shot the Birders documentary like three years ago, everyone got to be a birder, you know videographers and producers and like like real birders they are really really you know into it now so when Chris gets to where next and th- there is all this birding internally that it just goes naturally so I, I would say that really pump it up
0: yeah it sounds like a really uh, cool idea and I have to say I am boggled I watched some of your videos while I was uh, trying to get ready for this podcast and my goodness they are really good and and there's nothing like it out there that I, I mean I don't know of a High production value, uh, great content a show for birders—not not just a general nature show, but you guys have a specific show for birders. It's really cool. One
2: of the one of the one of the main things that you can see, you know, in the last years is that it's been kind of an empty niche. Uh, it used to be a couple of initiatives in in the past really cool stuff by some optics companies and so by, by some birding friends, but they, they didn't last long. And they, I mean, they, they had great stuff. So, I mean, I, I think we are filling a niche that people has been drooling for like myself. I have to say that particularly I'm not super keen on being online, like on zoom meetings. And, you know, I, I, I do birding tourism, so I don't have to be on, on tons of virtual things, Fortunately, but, but people, people, it's, it's the new way to connect. It's the new way to to get out, you know. Brackets. So, so we are we are feeling very professionally, I would say, uh, a niche that people is drooling for, you know.
0: I would totally agree. Uh, I think I'm uh, lucky to have you guys on as guests uh, in the early part of your uh, television career, so to speak, because uh, I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna be big stars to come. <laughs> So, so I'm going to, I'm going to get into some of the stuff besides just your show that I like to talk about on my show. Uh, I like to hear people's birding stories. I'm going to start with you, Chris. I I heard from your, uh, from, you know, from some of your uh, shows, it sounds like your dad was a bird watcher. You've probably been a birder since before you can remember, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, actually all the way back to my granddad uh, on my dad's side of the family. So it's kind of third generation. Um, It's probably gotten more intense of an interest as each generation has gone on, I think I've taken it further than the other two have, but my granddad was a, a birder in the very old school kind of, you know, post post-war English sense probably started out with egg collecting back when it wasn't such a, you know, taboo subject, you know, just the kind of, you know, boys own naturalist, the classic, you know, uh, English countryside story. And he loved birds and he liked to draw birds as well, uh, watercolors and stuff like that. And so he used to show me, show me birds, uh, in the garden when I was very small, um, in Shropshire, where I'm from, in, in the West Midlands of England. Um, and it was an interest that my dad had always had kind of in the background. But I think it, re- it came out again with him when I got interested in birds as a youngster. So it was something that we did together when I was very young. Uh, probably something I fell out of a little bit in my teen in my teen years, you know, just traveling and, and, and having other interests and things like that. But it really came back to life when I moved to Colombia 10 years ago it was... Uh, an interest that was maybe sitting, was a bit dormant. And then I moved to the, well, the most bird diverse country in the world. And it just seemed silly not to be out looking for birds. And it's kind of exploded from then on. Um, but, you yeah, know, I've been I've been looking at birds in some form since, yeah, since as long as I can remember, since I was five or six years old. I, uh, I'm
0: i jealous. I uh, I didn't get started till I was a young adult. So you got a big head start on me. So what brought you to Columbia? Was it your work with this company or did you have another reason?
1: No, I um I came to to Latin America in a, in a completely different way. I, I studied Spanish at university. I traveled a lot in South America, kind of the backpacking thing when I was 18, 19, before I went to university. And then um, it just became a real interest. And it wasn't originally through birds. It was through, through language and culture and travel. I, I moved to Venezuela first for a year in 2009 uh, and lived there for 12 months. And then Colombia was just a country that I hadn't been to yet and I was curious about and I'd heard good things. And so when I graduated, I was maybe 23 years old. I think I, I came here. I found a job teaching English in a small university in Bogota and I haven't looked back. Uh, it's teaching didn't last very long. I'm not a great teacher. <laughs> I don't, I think I have the patience for it. For some reason I can be patient looking for birds for three or four hours, but I'm not great with uh, 30 school children. And, um, and yeah, one thing led to another. I ended up writing about travel and that led to writing about birds and that sort of led to my current job because I, um, The the writing that I did about birds connected with the company I work for now while they were promoting and planning the birders film uh, with Diego. And yeah, no, it's just been kind of a really happy accident in a way that I've ended up working for this company and being able to do this show.
2: Wow. I'm also, I'm also yellows. I'm also yellows that, you know, uh, you started birding when you were a kid. I mean, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I have to say some of the best birders I know uh, we're birding at a young age because there's something about your brain—it's that plasticity of your brain when you're young—that you just, it's hard to recreate that learning uh, that you get when you're six or eight or ten or twelve years old.
1: Yeah, the problem yeah. is, that I came to Columbia and started birding. I, even though I was 23 or 24, I, I instantly was a three or four year old again because everything here is completely different and completely new, and it was like starting absolutely from scratch all over again. So I'm still. Absolutely learning here in, in Colombia. This, I mean, 2000 odd bird species, it doesn't it doesn't come quickly to me anyway. I'm, you know, Diego has that kind of audio memory, that audio brain. I don't have that. I'm so bad with bird song. Visually, yeah, not so bad, but yeah, bird one, also-
2: one of the things, if you think of, Chris, you started a very, very perfect way because you started in Venezuela. That unfortunately you 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 know, people don't go these days much anymore. So you kind of cleaned up. That you know, first jewel of Latin America, that is Venezuela. You know, like amazing for birding, and then then moved from to here.
0: Yes, yeah. Venezuela is a little bit challenging to visit these days. I've heard. Uh, I am super excited about uh, learning to bird in Latin America, even though I won't be starting when I'm young. My daughter lives in Costa Rica; has been there for four years uh, and has a small farm there. And uh, and is uh, I visited uh, right at just early this year, February, March, and so I got my first taste of. Uh, of Costa Rican birding then, and
2: uh, did, did did you like it? What what was your favorite oh, stuff down there?
0: Oh, I loved it. It was fabulous. I yeah uh, uh, yeah. I mostly went because my little girl lives down there, so I went down to visit her and uh, spent four weeks at her farm and you know just walked around and saw things. The trogons are. Wow, I mean, we had three different species of Trogan right on her property. It was just fat. Wow. every every morning waking up to slatyback Trogan's just calling and calling, and beards Trogan just calling all the time, and and we had the you know uh, toucans and the hummingbirds. I set up hummingbird feeders there on their backyard. They they have a permaculture farm, and it's just becoming a fabulous little jewel of. Uh, of habitat right there, and uh, I set up hummingbird feeders. And her husband's from Mexico, and he's he's just a fabulous naturalist—not really a birder, but knows everything about everything. And uh, he, but he never had hummingbird feeders, and oh, now they are just so loving their hummingbird feeders. So it's cool. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So Diego, tell me your birding story. How did you get into birding?
2: I mean, basically, basically when I started my undergrad in biology here at the Universidad de Antioquia in Medellin. I I was curious with some friends to, you know, kind of explore what options were for researching, you know, for building up your your career or your undergrad. So we went and and scouted a little bit their herbarium and the herpetiles lab. And we we find some guys reading some papers about birds, and they, they came up to be the birth study group. And they were guys from, you know, seventh, eighth semester. They didn't have a professor. And they, they invited us for birding the next weekend. And, you know, we first semester, you know, very young guys said OK, let's let's go to see what is this about. And I was absolutely amazed by a friend, Andres Cuervo, that he was I mean, he's one of my birding mentors now. But then, I mean, we we met him and then next weekend we went birding and I was amazed he was whistling to the birds playing back. and 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 the birds were responding and coming and talking. They were speaking basically in in bird language and I, I remember seeing several great birds that day that's you know 20 20 years ag- a- ago in 2000 and and I remembered like I was amazed more by the fact that you know this relationship could could, could be happening and I, I was thinking like man if if we're seeing endemic and endangered and very interesting birds here in in this place near the city uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be crazy around Colombia so I started birding, you know, in the university doing academic uh, research and stuff. But then, when I finished my university, I decided that I didn't want to to keep on on a master's or PhD uh, degree, and I started to do birding tourism. That was 2007. So basically, from 2007 to, to nowadays, I've been I've been birding, of course, for fun and for love, uh, is my you know hobby and style of life, but also as a business. You know, I, I do. Uh, I guide tours all over Colombia and several places in, in Latin America, too. And basically, you know, I, 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 I'm birding all day long, you know, like any, anywhere I am. That's, that's, that's my sad story with birds. I wouldn't call it a sad story. I call it a pretty exciting
0: story. And, and I, yeah. I have to comment. Uh, I, I'm just doing an audio of this. But while uh, Chris was uh, Chris was giving his birding story, Diego took the opportunity to probably get some good Colombian coffee. I saw you walk
2: back with a coffee. Indeed, Indeed. Yeah, I ran away to, <laughs> to get some extra coffee.
0: Yeah, what, what Colombian uh, birder wouldn't be drinking coffee at this time of the morning? So <laughs> good for you. Good for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so those are cool birding stories. I like that. How did uh, you guys met during the filming of your uh, movie or video? Is that correct to you? Not really.
2: Not really. Oh, no. no
0: where,
2: where, where, where did we meet personally the very first time? Was that farm fun trip in the Jana's? No, it was more.
1: No. no, the first time we actually met face to face <laughs> was the, the, the Columbia Bird Fair in 2017. The 17 one? Know. 17-1, yeah, when you were there leading, you were there guiding a fan trip for uh, for um, for one of these, wow. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with John Myers. Yeah, we were in, that was the my first ever Columbia Bird Fair. I was planning to go the year before, but it coincided with a trip back to England, so I didn't go. And I went, and I, I'd, I'd heard Diego's name, obviously, because, you know, you're in birding in Colombia, There are names that you hear around, you know, Diego's company was one of the most well-known uh, birding companies in Colombia and, and and Diego as a guide as a birder was a name I'd heard, and I think we had actually spoken re- digitally, remotely before. Yeah, yeah, we had there.
2: we had we had done it. You know, like like, I mean, that's that's one thing that I love, like from this culture, that you speak to people like, oh, where do you see that bird, and where should you, you know, you go to see such and such. But when was the very first time we went birding itself together? Was in the in the in the farm trip to the Janos, wasn't it?
1: No, it must have been the. It would have been the. It would have been the same year, but later in the year, it was um, the 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 Narino uh, trip. The oh, we park. were before. Yeah, we were we were before in Narino. That was an amazing yeah. trip. That was one of the best birding trips I've done in Colombia. That was ten days almost of of uh, kind uh, of uh, western Amazonian ha- yeah. forest down to the Pacific coast, like ten different habitats. Ten days. You so have to many. you have to you
2: have to imagine this. You know, Edward like. From the kind of top of the Andes in 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 Narino, in the border with Ecuador, all the way to the slope to the lowlands oh. in Tumaco, in the ocean. Like I remember, it was yeah, it was a small group. We were with a couple of local people, and we were having such a blast. I mean, that was that was great birding. One of the great birding
1: places in Colombia. Sounds so, like there are a lot of them. There are a lot, and the cool thing about that trip as well is that even in 2017, that trip felt a little bit like you were you were it was still like break, breaking new birding ground in Colombia. You know, there were people birding that area, but it wasn't really on the main trail. Yeah, no, not
2: commercial, Columbia. not commercial yeah.
1: at all. Man. I mean, even now it's just creeping up to that point, but now it's it's more well established, at least among Colombian birders, particularly. But back then, I think a lot of the birds were, were new species for, for both of us. Even you, been Diego, who's been birding in Colombia for years, that area, because so much of Colombia over the years has been so inaccessible you know for various different reasons that we, we we don't need to go into here but there are so many places opening up all the time you know for for a country with so many birds there are still so many places you can go to and genuinely be some of the first people birding there I mean Diego's been doing a lot of trips like that this year no
2: and even and even yeah like you know as exactly January this year I went back to that same area same same trip with a couple of friends uh just for fun and you know I've been there several times after and 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 even I had like a couple of lifers you know new birds for me uh Peruvian meadowlark and the and the blue cvetter up there like it's not only an area that has been poorly uh sampled and 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 you know worked but it's an area that is a border with Ecuador so we some of the birds that barely make it into Colombia can show up there so so I mean it's, it's like a mine of surprises and, and great stuff down there yeah that was our first trip together yeah
0: so, so you guys have been burned together. That makes about five years, four or five years, something like that. And how? I do not know uh, the geography of Colombia, uh, Colombia very well. Uh, how far apart are you're from Medellin, uh, Diego, and, you're, I, I, from, and you're from Bogota, Chris? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I'm here in Bogota.
0: How, how far apart are those places?
1: We we
2: we are we are straight line. We are probably 200 k's only. But, you know, if you go on a road, is 450 K that you take, even with much better roads nowadays, six, seven, eight hours if there is some traffic sure. to reach, you know, Medellin and Bogotá. It's only half an hour flight. But this, this is a very complicated country, as you say. You know, we have like the main Andean chain kind of crossing the, the country and splitting it in two. And even the Andean chain splits in, the, in three different ranges. Chris in Bogotá is in the eastern Andes, in the eastern range of the Andes. I am in the central, and there is even a western range in between myself and the Pacific. And then, yeah, you have the Caribbean in the north that has Santa Marta that is unbelievable birding. You have the Llanos, the, the flat savannas that we share with with uh, Venezuela that, you know, Chris and myself have been there also doing great birding. And I'm not going to talk anything about Casanare because that's favorites uh birding place for chris all over colombia i mean he he just loves casanari and there's the amazon and the pacific like yeah i mean it's a it's a it's not an easy flat you know simple country to 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 negotiate
0: i i've seen these uh you know various birding companies have put on these 30 day mega tours of colombia with a thousand plus <laughs> species and it's yeah. like i don't know if i could handle that <laughs> that's a big long trip
1: it's, yeah i mean yeah, <laughs> Need a lot of the Colombian coffee to get through it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah.
1: probably it's probably it's probably the
2: challenge, and not many people is up, you know, for that. Like you, you, if you compare, like you know, I, I did one month trip in Madagascar a long time ago. I guided it, but it's only two hundred species because the country has that many species, you know, that you can sure. get. So it, the pace is completely different. That that is more like a challenge here to do a thousand species in a month. But normally people don't do that. People come for two weeks, three weeks. 400, 700 is kind of the, you know, very good number for three weeks and and another, you know, friendlier pace to enjoy everything, not just taking it. We
0: we actually lay down during the dark hours sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, So tell me a little bit about, uh, I want to get back to your show. It's really uh, for listeners who who have not seen it, check out the Birder Show on YouTube uh, because it is. Freaking ridiculously good. It's just great entertainment, terrific video. So you guys are doing a great job. Uh, Tell me technically, how do you put that together? How does that work?
1: Well, uh, it comes together from a lot of effort from a lot of different people on different sides, because obviously Diego's in Medellin. I'm here in in Bogota and then our guests are in all different parts of the world Uh, here in the office in Bogota. I film in this exact spot that I'm in now. I have access thankfully because we're a production company to, you know, great technology. So I'm being filmed by, Julian, our videographer, and sound recorded by, by Daniel, the, the, the sound guy here. Um, so I'm being filmed on, you know, top quality cameras from, from a couple of different angles at a time. Uh, we also set up a kind of pre-production document that Diego follows and our guests follow as well, which is we want to have a certain camera angle because to avoid the the, the phenomenon of people looking straight down, the, the lens at the viewer we kind of wanted to have it more like a conversational setup so everyone's at a, at a slight angle while they're talking and and otherwise it's just um diego i think you film yourself on on an iphone right on a tripod
2: i i have to yeah you you, you have all the production you know professionals helping you but mm-hmm. i've been playing with with two different phones and every time we call we call every Fifteen or twenty minutes to you know check that everything is running great with with the guests and with the host. So I have to change my angles and check that my recorder is going is going on well. Actually, one one of the f- you know things we always thought that that you know we we should be together doing it, but as we started this in the in the pandemic times, we we do it remotely. But you know it, it came out to to be great that Chris is there in the office with this studio ambience and I'm here normally with my with my uh, library. So I can I, I can be more the nerdy you know aspect of the show and and kind of bring out books and 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 quotes and stuff. So yeah, technically, I mean I've learned a lot from from where next about you know production and and post production is absolutely marvelous. I mean like the, the the magic of these very talented guys in the office is is amazing. Like we we just we we show up in the in the show, but but there is tons of a, a lot of good work behind behind us, you know.
0: Sometimes the stars of the show aren't you guys. It's the videos of the birds. I mean, you must have a fabulous library of bird video videography. I mean, it, it's like every time you guys mention a bird, there goes a little hummingbird, or there goes that's, the,
2: that that's interesting because you know, like there is certain certain amount of, of footage that you want to show. It's not it's not hundred percent of the time birds, birds. You you need to see the people that is, you know, talking and chatting sure. and being interviewed. But then you know, we, we are also very fortunate because we live we live in a in a in a in a era where everyone is also happy and, and very interested in photographing and, and doing videos. So besides our own material, you know, from Chris, myself, the guys at the office that are birders, uh, we got plenty of friends. And some friends are almost like very professional, you know. So we've we've, we've really been, been blessed by having a lot of people contributing their videos. And and we also, you know, always thank them and and are very grateful for that. But I mean, we really have good stuff, you know, like flowing, as you said, showing some some of the good birds, you know, that we talk about and places and and landscapes and everything.
0: You do a nice job of just about the, I mean, a nice amount of both, you know, it's not like uh, two people in the background, you don't see talking while a bunch of bird videos are going on. And it's not like a, an hour of two guys or three guys talking. Yeah, it gets a little old, maybe. Uh, just a nice, uh, nice you split it up with some beautiful uh, scenery and stuff. It, it's, I have to say, you guys are doing it right. Thanks. Thanks. And
1: what we really wanted to do as well was was show off the personalities of the people that we we have on the show because birding, There's such an interesting mixture, and I'm sure you know from interviewing all these people over the years as well, that there's such an interesting mix of personalities within this kind of, I guess, subculture, for want of a better word. There's people who who do all sorts, and the people we've had on the show range from like, you know, crazy cool conservationists who've flown paramotors over the Arctic tundra to, you know, top scientists and experts. And it's really fun to be able to show off their individual quirks and personalities, but it's also nice to be able to give people an instant visual image of, of the birds that we talk about because that's one thing that you can't maybe get in the kind of live conversations about is You have to go away and Google the bird. Whereas in this, it's nice, even with bird song as well. If you listen, sometimes we talk about a bird and the song starts up in the background um, just to give people that kind of instant connection with the birds that we're talking about as well. It, it's
0: well done. I appreciate that. I have to say I'm, I'm not, I, I like podcasts. I'm just a... Yeah, I, I listen in the car. I can put my earbuds on when I'm doing something. And but to sit down and watch something on the video or t- computer or TV is not kind of my. <laughs> I'm too a little too antsy for that too much. But you know, different people have different learning styles and things they like to do. But uh, I have to say, my I I'm no longer gonna be looking at Prime and Netflix for my evening entertainment. I'll, <laughs> I'll look to Thank the you. Birders Show. <laughs>
1: That's also one of the reasons why we've, we've split up the full-length episodes, which run to about an hour. Usually we've split them up into what we call chirps. So small five, six-minute segments, even as little as one or two minutes that, that deal with the specific topics that we talk about with each guest. It's kind of bite sized social media-friendly chunks, so that if you just are interested in Jennifer Ackerman talking about ant birds, there's a video for that. You don't have to necessarily dive into the full hour-long episode. If you don't have the time, you can just watch four minutes of us talking about ant bird intelligence with, with Jennifer Ackerman, for example.
0: I noticed that you've been doing that. That's uh, it's very nice. Uh, So do you have a, how far ahead do you plan these things? Do you get guests, you know, planned, uh, you know, weeks ahead, or do you pull them off on short notice? Uh, How's that working out?
2: It's a little, it's a little interesting because of course, I mean, this has been as, as you know, I were, you, you and myself were talking earlier. This has been a link, a window, a possibility to, to get to knock on the doors of many people that we admire and been reading their books and knowing their passion for birds and and being able to to get a link and and talk to them. So we've been like brainstorming several times. And I I, I mean, probably from our brainstorming, we already have, you know, a couple hundred of episodes already like planned, you know, several people that... (laughs) that we would love but we also you know we 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 have to play with with what people is doing their times and also sometimes matching their their you know uh, release of new bo- books and projects and stuff so so i mean it's it's not as easy as just you know like let's get on zoom tomorrow and and, and film this uh but probably i mean like uh how many people we already have talked and kind of fixed already for the next stuff some some 10ish kind of thing like kind of in the
1: in the tube there something like that i mean i'd say the long list the long list is probably no. like <laughs> set probably like a hundred names on the long list of people we'd love to have on and talk to but the short list of we we've certainly got i mean we've currently released i think seven episodes of the show and we probably have a, a good yeah at a least another dozen people like lined up and and you know semi-confirmed to uh to come on the show a lot of it depends on on making our schedules all match up together, uh, getting the videographers in as well, because obviously, like you said, this this show is it's quite professionally filmed and produced. So we need those guys to to be available as well, not working on other projects and stuff like that. But yeah, we have at least another season of the show, as it were, lined up with, with guests.
0: Very cool. Uh, you've had uh, several guests so far. Now give me a rundown uh, of who you've had on the show and some of the really fun things that they've had to talk about so far I mean not not everything but some some highlights some of your favorite parts
1: I think for me, being able to get on uh, Jennifer Ackerman uh, who wrote the Genius of birds and and the Bird Way was a real kind of coup for us in the early stages because you know I know that Diego's read both you know all of her books about birds I have she's someone we both really admired, and we're talking from the early stages about how cool it would be to have her on. And she was just lovely. She was great. She'd actually seen the show already, which was fantastic and was yeah. really keen to be on, uh, which was a real kind of bonus for us as well, that she'd already seen and liked what we were doing. And she was just tremendously fun to, to talk to. I mean, the great thing about the show is because we record loads of material and then it's edited and post-produced afterwards that, you know, the, the show's an hour, but we, we talk to most of these people for t- uh, more than two hours, at least. We have these long conversations with them. And um, and the format of the show means that we kind of get onto all sorts of different topics. So with Jennifer, we talked about so many different aspects of her book. But what I really enjoyed with her was talking to her about her story of getting into birds, something that you maybe don't read about in her books, talking about how she that was her way of finding time to spend with her dad as one of several children to a busy to busy parents. And that was her way of bonding with her dad when she was young. And stories like that, I really like to get from guests. Actually, one of my other personal favorites was a, a kind of off-the-cuff conversation in episode one with Rich Pagin and George Armistead, both sort of top professionals. <laughs> talking about uh, about ant swarms and ant birds, which has been a recurring theme on our show. Um, but talking with those guys about it and, and seeing George's kind of organic disappointment at never having seen a ground cuckoo while Rich and Diego chatted away about their ground cuckoo encounters and just seeing George in the background ruefully shaking his head that was a fun moment that was i enjoyed that that chat a lot i saw that, i
0: saw i saw that his face just
1: went <laughs> and
2: you know i ha- i have to say like you know I- i've i loved actually having for example jennifer and, and such a Dench in the show because as chris just said we i mean you read about these people doing amazing conservation amazing you know book writing and stuff but you kind of never knew a little bit more personally like why why they started birding for example and such story is also great like she was she was she was you know like one time taking a job and and then thinking she was on these on this uh dock and how how do you say in English like the, the game game bird water it's birds the,
1: it's the WWT the wildfowl and the, wetland trusts
2: there you are there you are and she, she she felt like shit I'm I'm gonna be working here with ducks and geese and and you know domestic animals and stuff like that like you get to know <laughs> real real personal stories but you know one one episode that i i did love was that first one because you know we were with a couple of birth guides guys that do exactly the same than i do so we were just 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 chatting forever about like places and and nemesis birds and ground cuckoos and stuff like that so it's it's i mean it's it's been it's been inspiring it's been inspiring getting to know getting to know these guys ariane arian the the dutch guy that broke the world record I mean we 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 could have gone for hours just talking about places and birds and and you know drooling drooling basically.
0: I think he said as he said at the beginning of that episode, oh we're not going to go for hours wasn't yeah. that a, almost the first line of that episode.
1: <laughs> I think Ian's memory of the of the birds he's seen is such that we probably could have broken down every single one of the thousands of species he saw and he probably would have had a story or an anecdote for every single bird. It was that was really fun talking to him about that because I think there's there's a certain one when I put out on, on the internet that we were interviewing Arian and asked for some audience questions, there was a certain degree from some people of kind of skepticism because there is a bit of resistance to the idea of like listing and checking off huge numbers. Some people are really kind of wary of that concept. But one of the things I loved about talking to Arian is that he is the most dedicated and passionate birder of almost anyone I've ever spoken to. And the idea that this is some kind of faceless trip around the world to check birds off a list was completely blown out of the water by that interview because he is really on the ball, not just with identification, but so passionate. I mean, Diego was saying in the episode about how you met him after, what, 250 days or something? Like two-thirds? October. Of, yeah. October, yeah. And he was fresh as a daisy, which I can't imagine. I'm, I'm exhausted after a week of birding. In yeah. The
2: yeah, he said, like, I can't, I, I could start a big year right now, in October, and he was already birding for 10 months in a row, you know?
1: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Another person who I really enjoyed having on was the last episode we did with David Lindo, the urban birder. That was one of the ones that actually probably most inspired me a little bit, I think, because I've never considered myself much of an urban birder. One of the things I like about birding is the the travel aspect. I like getting out of where I live, the city, and going into the countryside and exploring. But David's kind of passion for finding interesting birds in unexpected places is, I think, a really inspiring message. And I think it's probably the way that birding as a hobby is most likely to grow these days is to get people from the less expected demographic of birders to, yeah, yeah. to get interested in it. Because as he said, quite rightly, is that he's, he's not preaching to people like us. We're the converted. We don't need to be told to look at birds. We do it all the time anyway. But there's so many people who maybe think that birding can't be for them because they live in the middle of a city. So by definition, they're excluded from it. But actually his message is really inspiring is that you don't really need much, a little bit of open ground, a couple of trees and your eyes, and you can really see birds anywhere. And so his, I think his message was my, my favorite one that anyone's communicated.
2: You're, you're right about that. We've been also trying to, to, you know, equilibrate a little bit like the, the, the icons and the persons and the topics, like, you know, we've, we've got team appleton that is you know a, an iconic character on birth conservation and the birth fair and, and birding but we also got like these these guys like el buo you know robin perkins that is a dj doing music based on birds and stuff so we've we've got a little bit of everything for everyone and 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 even you know like the hard, most hardcore birders would enjoy the the softer part and the normal regular people that don't even know about birds would enjoy the, the craziest hardcore story so we, we, I mean, we've been enjoying it. So everyone is enjoying it, you know, that's, that's the main thing.
0: You can see that on the video. So you guys are having fun and, uh, you know, I mean, I do this to have fun. You guys should do this to have fun too. I mean, I know, especially for Chris, it's a job and Diego, it's you know, kind of part of the promotion part of your job. But I mean, if you can not have fun, I mean, really go for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a secret. And also I think one of the things we wanted to do was show people, who maybe think of birding as maybe a bit more of a dry and kind of serious scientific hobby that actually it really isn't at all. I mean, the birding culture, at least here in Colombia, is very young, is very vibrant and dynamic. It's very mixed. It's full of people from all different walks of life. And it's really, it's, birding here is fun. Like the, the image that people have of the kind of tweedy folks in the bird hides shushing everybody who come in, which is maybe a slightly British view of birding is <laughs> total.
2: Total. We go birding. We go birding in orange and yellow. You know, like we're fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my, my experience of birding in in England, I was. I'm again geographically impaired. I, I did a Rotary friendship exchange in England, and I, I went to you know five different towns for three days each, and and I let people know that I was a birder when I went, and so I got hooked up with a couple of people who are you know kind of birders, and we went to a, this fabulous, and I don't remember where it was, this fabulous uh, tide flats or wetlands area with waders, and where we go into this blind, or you come a hide, I think we, to hide. we went to a hide, went to a hide. And this, it was pretty crowded there, maybe ten or fifteen people on all these chairs. You know, the, the little slats you can see through. And uh, I whispered to one of the guys next door. I said yeah, something about helping with identification bird. I got these withering looks from people like you actually talked in a hide. You can't do. It. I was like, really, <laughs> guys, relax a little bit. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you go to a if you go to a blind at one of the wildlife refuges in the U.S., there's people chatting up and talking and pointing. Oh, look over there. Look over here. It's like nothing like that in england it was like deathly silent i was just kind of blown away
1: yeah it's i mean you know typically speaking we're not the most you know outgoing of people with strangers anyway anyway you know you try talking to somebody under the bus in london and you'll get the same looks i think but um but now here in, i mean it's changing in the uk as well which is why i really like the stuff that david's doing for example which is trying to bring a different demographic of people and a different generation into birding and and that's the point as well with the show is to try and kind of communicate how much fun we have birding to try and replicate one of the original ideas that we had was basically to try and replicate those brilliant couple of hours after a birding trip when you all sit around the lodge or the hotel crack open a few beers talk about the birds you've seen that day the funny moments that day get excited about what you might see tomorrow that that to me is some of the best birding times I have is when it all kind of winds down at the end of the day and you've got that that afterglow of fun from the day and that kind of buzz of excitement for the next day. And that's kind of what we wanted to replicate with the show. Yeah,
0: I think you get that exact feel. And I hadn't really thought too much about that, but that is so true. When you go birding with friends, sometimes the best part of the trip is the drive from one spot to the other where you're talking about what you yeah. saw and, and yeah. old stories. Oh, remember we were there seven years ago. We want to make sure we look behind the tree over there because i remember five years ago we saw such and such it's uh you know that that's the, the... i mean the
2: birds the birds are the excuse. the birds are the excuse to yeah, yeah. get to yeah. get to see the people go to see new places new parts of your country travel support local communities the birds are just the perfect excuse
1: exactly and there aren't many hobbies, i don't think that have quite so many ups and downs and highs and lows in the course of a single day because you know there's always that cliche about birders that we're only as happy as the last bird that we've seen you know and you you do get that a bit you go out there and you see this amazing bird and there's this massive buzz and everyone's excited and then that dies down and it's sort of like what's oh, next what's next, what's next? Yeah. what can we see next and those moments are actually for me some of the best moments you know seeing the bird not always but sometimes the bird ends up being secondary to the experience and the buzz and the and uh, the enjoyment of sharing it with you know with friends and other birders
0: for sure uh, Diego, I want to talk a little bit. You're a bird guy. You have a company. What, how, how what is your company called, and and what sort
2: of uh, trips do you lead? Well, my my, my company is Colombia Birding. Uh, it was established in 2007. It's one of the oldest local uh, birding tour companies in, in in the country. I'm I'm basically I'm I'm based in Medellin, but you know this it's is a tourism company, so I don't really need like a big office. My company is a small one. We do private tours normally, small groups, and I've been I've been basing uh, my clients have been probably you know seventy percent listers and people that really want to clean up their Colombia list in general. And I you know I do enjoy that type of of client because it also takes me to new places to scouting you know some areas for some potential clients in the future and and working on the edges of on the borders of Colombia, you know, with Ecuador and Panama and Venezuela, finding new new stuff. I also guide outside Colombia for, you know, the companies of, of some friends and, and, and colleagues like Sunrise Birding from Connecticut in, in the States. Uh, I guide that tour almost, I mean, before pandemic, before COVID, I used to guide a tour every year to Guyana, that is an amazing country. Uh, taking people to panama now we are offering bolivia for example that is one of the of the you know kind of brand new destinations on on birding so yeah i've been i've been doing this you know as i said since 2007 and i i feel you know really lucky really privileged to to live in a country like colombia um i was i was part of the description of antioquia ren a brand new bird for science in 2010 we published it 2012 or 13. Right now we are describing another brand new species for for science, an ant pita, a small, very nice type of ant bird, and you know these these things all kind of come together, and the the the, the snowball gets rolling and a little bigger, and and the people keep their interest in Colombia nowadays the burden is changing a little bit and and as we become a more open country for tourism, it's not only the pioneering, hardcore listers that come, but people that just, you know, want to take it a little easier, probably not go for a thousand species in a month, but just, you know, enjoy a couple of lodges in a couple of weeks and take photographs and get to know the, the, the birds and see behavior taking photographs. So, I mean, it's, it's, I have to say I'm, I'm, you know, as we say in Colombia with friends like here, we are in the in the middle of the center, you know, like we are in a very, very cool hotspot for for birds and birding and, and discoveries and, and stuff like that. So I, I really, you know, I really enjoy my job. I, I, I have to say, you know,
0: sounds like you're living the life, Diego, living the
2: life. Can't, uh- yeah, can't yeah. <laughs> can't complain.
0: When you described the geography of uh, of Colombia, it sounded like if you wanted to create a place with the possibility for a lot of endemics, you'd just described it. You know, a country it, separated by high mountains with valleys that the you know, birds can't get from one to the other over eons and evolve their
2: own... Uh indeed, indeed. And you know, since... since since a hundred years ago, Frank Chapman from the American Museum of natural history from from the states in new york he he came to do expeditions and 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 you know with with a, a fair amount of fieldwork he he stated like colombia is in the very crux in the med- in the very middle of the of the intercontinental relationships of of birds, and that makes that the northern and southern faunas meet here and all the micro habitats and elevations we have as you said produce endemics and and Actually, it's funny because we are not, I mean, we have around 80 endemic birds. That's less than Peru and less than Brazil. But as we kind of, you know, glimpse a little bit of every habitat with our, our you know, our neighbors, we, we, we have more birds. I have to say, you know, we are number one in bird diversity in the world, almost 2000 species. So, so I mean, not, not, not a too shabby place to live in, Chris, isn't it?
0: For, for, bird, for people who aren't so familiar with the birds of the world, there, there are less than 11,000 species of birds in the world. And to have 2,000 of them in a, in a not a big, I mean, Colombia is not a small country, but it's not a gigantic country. And uh, to have you know, almost a fifth of the birds in the world in one relatively modest sized country is mind blowing to me.
1: It is quite incredible. I mean, I'm coming from this from a different perspective. You know, I grew up with with birding in the UK, <laughs> parts of Europe. So for me, just the, you know, when my dad comes out here to visit and we go birding, you know, he's, he's, you know, blown away by the, the quantity and the quality of species that we can see here in just a few days. And the beauty of the geography that we're talking about is it can make travel quite complicated because there's lots of ups and downs and curvy mountain roads. But it also means that in a very short space of time, you can go from a completely different ecosystem to another, you know, here in Bogota, we're at about two and a half thousand meters above sea level. And if I go one hour to the east, I'm up in Paramo, so high Andean moorland, and I'm seeing, you know, high altitude hummingbirds and all these, you know, really unusual um, seed eaters and and hemispingus and mountain tanagers. If I go an hour in the other direction, I'm dropping down almost a 1000 meters. And suddenly I'm in Magdalena Valley tropical dry forest and seeing an entirely different range of species. You know, it's, um, it's really amazing to me, continually even after 10 years how how biodiverse colombia is you know it's 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 an obvious statement but it is true it is just exceptionally biodiverse country and it is it's basically a nature lovers playground is what colombia is
0: it sounds like it i can't wait to visit I, now i know who to get a hold of when i want to go birding there i get a hold of diego's company and go birding sounds like a plan. anytime anytime i have to find out how long a flight it is from uh from costa
2: rica it can't be that big wow. a flight one hour to Medellin, one hour. Uh-oh. I just took it, I just took it like three months ago when they have Rufus vented ground cuckoos kind of stake out in Costa Rica following army ants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I went, I went for a weekend trip just to see, to see those birds because they are, you know, one of the great, great, you know, holy grails of, of ornithology. So it's one hour, one hour flight to Medellin. Just, just come next time. Very easy. S-
0: sounds like I have no excuse. No excuse. <laughs> I'll make that happen. Uh, I uh, I have to say, I was boggled by the same idea when I was in Costa Rica. My daughter lives uh, in uh, Tinamaste, which is about 20 minute drive from Dominical on the Pacific coast, up one of the mountain valleys, up towards the mountains. And from her place, in less than an hour, I can be at, you know, th- over 3,000, almost 3,500 meters uh, and seeing the, you know low almost tree line sort of birds you know timberline wren and volcano hummingbird and you know birds of way way high elevation and in a 30 minute drive on the other way I'm at sea level uh, birding in the, the you know rice paddies and swamps and things it's just kind of crazy how you can change uh, so quickly in such a such a relatively easy to easy to get around place
2: beautifulness of the of the neotropics you know like you you climb up to Volcan Baru in central Panama and you're in the continental divide and if the morning is clear enough you can see the Pacific and the Atlantic at the same time it's crazy
0: yeah pretty cool pretty cool stuff uh so uh, Diego what uh, what trips do you have coming up uh, planned do you have some uh it, the country's opening up now
2: to guiding trips
0: again I'm assuming
2: it is it is i mean uh it's a it's a little up and down you know like everywhere else some 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 places get a little more uh restricted due to local regulations with COVID. but we we've been opening up uh, a little bit and and tourism started to 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 pick up uh i got i got a trip already you know like a, a few a couple like a month ago and we got you know a couple of good clients three weeks I got two more trips coming. that are, you know, Central Andes and, and Western Andes, like the, the main part of the country. Uh, but you know, to be honest, I also have a few trips that are not per se uh guiding. I, I've been, you know, also taking advantage of the free time in between, you know, uh these, these uh distant tours these 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 days with the pandemic to go on, on birding trips, like training people for birding and you know going with local local guides in several places scouting so I'm actually in in three days' time and living to the Pacific choco that is you know that that beautiful jungle that that you know gets just finishes in the Pacific Ocean and is is packed with endemics and stuff we're gonna be training some people there and and offering a, a small course uh and also I mean it might be possible to go and scout one of those unexplored mountains where you get surprises El, El cerro Mecana is is a one thousand uh, high elevation meters, uh, small peak there. So those those are the exciting exciting trips that I I have coming. But to be honest, tourism is is going to probably take a little more than you know after the end of this year to start start going rolling up again. And and it's been it's been a little you know roller coaster. I mean uh, we we have to get used to we can't plan way way in advance anymore. And with birding trips, this used to be the the this is still the case, you know, you have people scheduling trips two years, three years in, in advance, but with, with COVID, you never know when it's going to be you know, possible or not. So we, we, we're probably learning to be more flexible about it and, and just adapting to, to change and last minute uh, change of plans and stuff like that everywhere, everywhere in the world, I would say.
0: So Chris, do you have any, uh, I, I think I heard some, something about somebody being jealous about a trip you're taking coming up. Do you have a big trip planned?
1: That was uh, because one of the, the by nature, the nature, <laughs> show, the nature of our show is such that we film a, a, quite a decent amount of time before the, oh, episode. Okay. so that was in reference to a couple of trips that I took. I took a oh. uh, big trip that was in reference to was almost at the beginning of the year. That was in the Southern uh, foothills of the Andes and Amazon in the Putumayo region, which is one of the big new frontiers of, of birding in Colombia that Diego's referred to, where we're right okay. on Ecuador and different habitats and, you know, new birds for Colombia are being found down in that area. Um, uh, my, my big trips I've taken recently have mostly been short, long sort of long Colombian weekends in, in the Colombian coffee region a couple of weeks ago, which was which is really, really nice birding. I love that kind of birding. You can sit in a hammock with a fresh cup of coffee and watch great, great species. Nice, gentle birding. I was in La Guajira, the desert peninsula of the, the Colombian Caribbean up in the north. Um, another great trip. Uh, what i have in the horizon is what I, what about what about
2: were you weren't you in kibdo like one of these weekends with daniel did then you go to no. to
1: tunendo that didn't happen that didn't happen okay um, i was, was i was
2: yellow yellow is crazy
1: about it it will, it will happen uh but it didn't happen yet it, it'll happen eventually um but no, at the moment it's it's what diego said is at the moment that maybe we can't plan as much in advance even for personal trips because you never really know when sort of certain restrictions are going to come back into play and stuff. So for me, it's all been a bit last minute recently. It's been a bit kind of a couple of weeks before a a Colombian holiday weekend. I think, okay, cool. I've got, I've got a few free days, you know, where's, where's cheap to fly to. And the beauty of it now is that I've, I've relaxed a lot more about birding in Colombia in the last few years, because once you hit a certain, not that it's about the numbers, but once you've seen a certain number of species in common, you've birded in all the different regions you know, you, can, you have that luxury of taking your time a little bit more after that. You can say, okay, well, I've birded in all of these places. What, what would I like to see? Or what kind of birds am I interested in seeing? Do I want to see desert birds? Do I want to see Andean birds? And what kind of habitat do I want to be in? Do I want heat? Do I want cold? Do I want somewhere in between? And that's the beauty in Colombia is that you can pretty much pick anything you want, except for maybe snow, and say, okay, yeah, what do I want this weekend? And you book your flight, take your bus, and there it is.
0: One of the great things about birding an area over and over is you have your old friends. I mean, you, you go back to places that, that you're familiar with. I mean, uh, some friends and I, we bird Washington State here in the U.S. And and we have sort of each year, or at least every couple of years, we'd like to go back and visit a place again. And it's almost like, oh, yeah, comfort comfortable place. I, I love this area. I know what I'm going to see, but I love to see it again. And you never know something new might show up. And. It's kind of like visiting old friends when you go back to these places.
1: Yeah, agreed. Now I have my little local patches near Bogota, like Chikake Park to the south of the city, which is easy to access without a car. I don't have a car, which kind of restrict you sometimes. But that place is like you said, it's like a comfortable pair of shoes. It's like some, a place that I've been dozens of times. But part of the fun of that place is feeling like you know an area really well. And you kind of get familiar with the habits of this specific species. You, you know roughly where you're going to find a certain bird or more or less what the movements are. You, you come from mixed flock and you start to get used to what the what the makeup of those flocks are. You see one bird, you think, okay, if that bird's here, then probably this other bird's going to be here. And that's and that's part of the fun of birding is that when you're doing it, sometimes you do feel a bit like, you feel a bit magic sometimes when you're birding, right? You feel like you're kind of, it's like that Dr. little thing of talking to the animals. You sometimes think, Wow. And you look amazing to people you go with if they're not birders. Even if, you're an average birder, it's true. Even if you're an average birder, non-birders are blown away if you can identify any bird. And that's always kind of fun going to places and and just sort of, you know, like Diego said with, with his friend Andres, like whistling your little imitation of a bird and the bird comes down and everyone looks at you like, wow, you can talk to the birds. Witchery, witchery
0: yeah are <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or saying, you know when we go around this corner we'll probably see such and such and they said, how did you know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And there are a hundred times you know just know <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> any Diego, if I come to Colombia, where would uh, if I if I called you up or a client called you up and said Diego, I, I want to spend uh, five days or seven days or a limited amount of time birding uh, in Colombia. Uh, where should I meet you, and what would we do? I, d- I don't want to get the rarest
2: bird in Colombia. I just yeah. want a wonderful yeah. sampling of fabulous Colombian birding. Where would you I take mean, me? It, it, it it depends if it's only going to be one trip to colombia i would say come anywhere in the central andes in the coffee region central or western andes where you can mix you know elevations you can mix the ranges it's it's beautiful countryside and we have a ton of beautiful endemics but a lot of other beautiful birds being fed in feeders in banana feeders hummingbird feeders and pita feeders etc so you know anywhere near manizales cali pereira in the in the coffee region but if you're going to take several trips to Colombia and kind of, you know, come and clean in a little bit more, uh, you, you you kind of start, you know, wherever you want. We, we we got, you know, like Santa Marta mountains and the coast in the north. We have the Amazon in, in a very special Amazon, you know, like white sand, uh, unique forest, Guyanese Amazon and stuff like that. So, I mean, like if it's only one time come to the coffee region in the central part of the country, that's that's, that's kind of the heart of you know, and it's, it's close by to where I live. You, you avoid a little bit of crazy traffic around Bogotá and stuff like that. So that's, that's, the, that's the place.
0: And in terms of flying... Uh, do, do, you,
2: do, you, do, you, do you agree, Chris? I mean, is this is this a cool area?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's either there or for five days to a week. It's either there or a chunk of the Northern Columbia Birding Trail, like maybe like Guajira, Minka and... El Dorado is another great combination of places. But yeah, no, I think Diego's pretty spot on with that. Like, Because the thing is that it's huge distances you have to travel as well. You get really ambitious yeah. trips when people say, I've got five days and I want to go Bogota, Pereira, Medellin. Mm-hmm. You have to be realistic in Colombia sometimes and accept that five, six days, that's good for one area to really get into it. But you yeah. need two, three spots. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
0: Sounds like a plan. I'm going to have to hook, you, hook up with you and make that happen. I'm excited about that. I have to say that's one of the cool things about this podcast, too, is I meet people that I just, I want to go birding with those guys. That sounds like fun.
1: <laughs> Good. Anytime you're in that, just shout yeah. We have the whole team here. We can go out and film some birds.
0: Yeah, sounds like
1: fun. Well, I'm going to wrap up with a couple of things.
0: I uh, first of all I want to give you guys a chance to give a shout out to upcoming episodes. Do you have a, any uh, special guests you want to uh, let people know are coming?
1: What we actually have at the moment, because we're sort of in between our series, as it were. Oh, okay. but what we've got coming up are some cool uh, micro videos, in the field videos that we've done. Um, I know Diego has has a couple of those that he's filmed stuff coming out. I've got some things from. Trips that I've done in the coffee region and in La Guajira in, in Colombia. Uh, and it's all on the channel, The Birders Show on YouTube. Um, so if yeah, you have some
2: Mexican, Mexican adventures coming too, isn't it?
1: Mexico as well. I was in Mexico recently for work. We filmed some cool bird stuff there as well. Yeah. So we're uh, these little micro videos that we call cheaps on the show are kind of in the field uh, segments. And uh, because we're always birding, we can always produce kind of lots of those little mini episodes on the fly. So that's what we've got coming up mostly. And then our most recent episodes with Ariane Duarchaus and, and David Lindo that just came out in the last few weeks, I'd say to people, go and go and check those out and uh, and yeah, enjoy.
0: Well, I'll try to spread the word for you guys. It sounds like a, a, a great show and I'm looking forward to future series. Uh, that sounds great. Uh, so I'm going to, each of you, Diego, how would somebody get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? What's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Oh, basically, uh, I, I am Diego Cole Col, uh, C-O-L, as in Colombia, uh, okay. on, on, on all the social media stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, ColumbiaBirding.com is my, my website, and they can, you know, drop me an email there. Uh, and through the Birder Show, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of becoming, it's not our personal stuff, but it's becoming our own platform for both Chris and myself. So that's, that's how people can reach me.
1: Same with you, Chris. Best way to get a hold of you? Me personally uh, is probably Instagram, which is Chris Bell Colombia, um, and then through the bird show social media, like Diego said, uh, anything bird related—that's kind of almost become my number one social media platform. And then also through the through through the agency social media, which is Where Next Life on Instagram, is another good way. Any of those.
2: Correct. And I, I I would add I would add that you know that also connects us through through Where Next is like if you guys go on on YouTube. And Google The Birders, you you can also watch, you know, the documentary that, you know, were next made and I, I was part of it. And you know, The birders is such a beautiful piece of of, of love. It's a letter of love for Colombia and and birds and music and culture. So that's that's a good way to 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 start thinking on.
0: I will have to check that out. I have not seen that I don't know how I missed it. Anyway, thank you both for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best in your future with the, uh, the, the birders show and in your uh, birding and other lives. Uh, besides thanks again.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
2: Thanks. Have a good day guys. Take care.
0: Well, thanks for listening. I had so much fun doing this recording with Chris and Diego. Uh Couple of things happen. I mentioned one during the episode, but I'm doing these on Zoom now so I can actually see the guys, the people that I'm recording, and it makes it a little easier to communicate. We can actually see each other, but it also makes it fun to see the interactions. Well, Chris and Diego, they have fun with each other on their show, and they had fun with each other and with me doing this recording. Uh, One time, Chris is talking, and it's clear that he's going to be talking for a while, so Diego just gets up, walks off the screen. I'm like, where did Diego go? Well, he comes back with a nice steaming cup of hot Colombian coffee. I almost burst out laughing right in the middle of the episode. Uh, was so funny. He says, I know Chris, he's going to talk for a while. I'm going to go get some coffee. Uh, anyway, it was really fun. Uh, and things like that, it, these guys are a blast. So you're going to love watching The Birders Show on YouTube. Check it out. I also write a blog post as usual. With each episode, and on this episode, I'm going to embed uh, a couple of videos uh, from the birders' show. Probably just their cheeps or chirps uh, rather than a whole uh, video. I might also embed uh, the whole feature-length show that we have done featuring Diego uh, called The Birders. It's filmed in Northern Columbia. It's just a terrific video. I watched it after I did this episode, uh, and so I checked it out. It's really, I recommend it. It's really terrific. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I always enjoy this, Uh, so thanks for listening. Until next time, good birding, good day.